0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad right at this moment to welcome in Jennifer Campbell. Jennifer, good day to you. Hi, how's it going, Bob? Doing doing very well. Um, we always joke with you about which hat you're wearing today, and you're not in the studio with us. You're on the phone, so I don't know which hat you're wearing.
1: Um, well, today I'm, I'm just wearing the events coordinator hat, I think it's going to be. <laughs> I think that's the one I'm wearing. Yeah, that feels right.
0: Well, you've come off in September on fire. Uh, yes. Yeah. You've come off ministry days. Yes. Yeah. And we are um, finally in fall, and now all kinds of things are happening. 40 Days for Life, uh, right. the Red Mass, uh, the the Sacramento Life Center. I know you're not in charge of that, but Sacramento Life Center is having their big annual event on November 11th. Just a lot of things going on.
1: A lot of things going on, yes. But it's good to look back and see and talk about what we've done just so we can, you know, i stay connected in that. And so Sacramento Life Center without out at ministry days. able to have a booth during the... During the weekend, um, so it was nice to to see them, and I know they were passing out flyers for that that third gala. So,
0: yeah, their their gala is so uh, so tremendous, and they've been doing it for so long.
1: Yeah, they really have. Um, yeah, but yeah, so we had we had them as one of the vendors, and 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 I know they were doing, sending out that information, and then 40 days for life information um, was being passed out as well. Um, and we, you know, we just had a great, great weekend with Ministry Days. that just, just, happened. So um, it was nice to be at St. Francis. The weather held up, no rain, all that kind of good stuff. We we're very lucky with both of our events this past September. With, with no rain. <laughs> um,
0: so, so, how? Talk a little bit about Ministry Days, if you would.
1: Yeah, we. Um, so Friday we did um, something. We tried It was a school day mostly. Um, all of the the Catholic schools, uh, faculty, teachers, and um, principals were there for, for workshops. Um, we had Father Agostino um, uh, Torres, who's a Franciscan, um, did a keynote to kind of, to inspire them about hospitality um, as we're in this, this Eucharistic revival. And one of the, the key things that we're doing in our diocese is, is focusing um, on hospitality, one of the pieces of it is focusing on hospitality. How are we being a welcoming, welcoming community and a welcoming group of people? We talked to them a little bit about that in the how they can do that in their schools. Um, and then we had um, Corissa and Andrew there in the afternoon to talk to them about introduction to theology of the body um, and give some tips and some activities and some lessons that, that they can use depending, you know, no matter what their their age group they're working with, and also no matter what subject they're working with. So with our high, school, our high school teachers and middle school teachers, like, you know, you teach math, but, like, how how is theology of the body relevant to you? Um, and, and how to introduce it to kindergartners and, and first graders because I think a lot of people think theology of the body is, like, sex ed, and it's not at all, like, it's not what it is. Um, and so introducing the idea that, like, the personhood and who you are, you know, in this body you have is, is just as important. And, and introducing that one kids are young. So we had that, and then we had a whole other trap that was happening that day um, in English and Spanish. We did a retreat day for for, for um, parishes, and so we was really good feedback on that. Um, we had um, it was supposed to be Father female but unfortunately, had a um, he had a, an emergency and had to leave right after he had to talk to the teachers. Um, so he sent um, Obet and Holly, who also worked with him, a um, to give his, his talks on that, Was focusing on, um, again, focusing on the Eucharist, um, and the revival, focused on radical hospitality. Um, you know, Catherine Angelo talking to them that retreat day about the importance of like, stepping out and, and just trying something new and being courageous. Um, and then Armando Sivantes from Orange is also in that retreat
0: day. Wow! So, were you were you able to attend a lot of workshops or not?
1: No, I just as an as the person kind of coordinating the whole event, I tend to be the person who's checking people in and making sure everyone's in their workshops and and things like that are started. Um, but you know, for that retreat day, we had a hundred and almost 150 people there. I think was our total. Um, Spoke between English and Spanish. And, and it was great to see um, parishes, parish staff come together as a team uh, with their pastors. We had a few of the, the priests, the pastors, actually come with their teams as well as deacons. So that's for, for that Friday.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, it was great. And then to have them stay and consolidate the Mass as bishops, um, always, it's always nice to see um, the more priests, and and it was also just for me like seeing priests, that, like you know so they're farther away. We don't get to see them as often as, as we do some of the, the more local Sacramento priests or you know the priests in my own parish, right? So seeing one um, of the highlights for me on Friday, at least, and it's such a slow thing. But um, Father Jonathan Molina, his first assignment was at St. Joseph's in Grove where I was the youth minister. Oh wow! And <laughs> so it was good to like catch up with him and and get to see him and like. Um, because it was his first assignment as, a perc- as an appropriate vicar. And um, and so part of the thing he did was help with his ministry. So, like, I worked very closely with them, and, and I haven't really, I don't, yeah you know, which is in Midland, which isn't super far, but not like a, <laughs> a daily trip I take, right? So it was nice little to, to reconnect with people, which is some of the joy of ministry days. It's like being able to connect with people from all over the diocese that you don't necessarily get to see all the time because we are such a large Land mass of the, of the
0: diocese, right? It is a la- large land mass. That's very well put. If,
1: I mean, it's just
0: big. If we so, were an iceberg, I think we'd be the biggest iceberg in the world. So
1: sometimes it feels that way. Um, you know, <laughs> Some you places in the
0: diocese are an iceberg <laughs> in no, the winter. You know, yeah,
1: exactly. No, exactly. And so it's just nice to kind of connect with and see those people. Um, and then Saturday we were we were back at it again. Saturday we was our we did it more of the traditional way we've, we've done ministry days in the past. We have a keynote in English and Spanish, and then two workshops. Um, per, per like every person gets to go to two workshops with the keynote. There's three rounds of of, um, of talks, and um, you know some of our talks were like really full, and some were not as not as full, which is okay because I think that leads to some great conversations. I know. Kevin always talks about it. It's great when there's, when there's. Sometimes there'll be a worship that's got like six or seven people in it, and that's great because you get some kind of like one-on-one attention and kind of maybe consulting on an issue. Maybe you're having your parish with that speaker who's, who's an expert in that area. Right. Um, so that was nice. And We had so many different different talks. So again, we we are focusing on hospitality and how are we welcoming. So um, and and that. For all people. So, we have workshops on Saturday about how are we welcoming in people, you know, whatever, maybe on the autism spectrum, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, or maybe, um, you know, just don't, aren't, don't feel welcome. How Our young adults, our youth, like, how are we welcoming them into our parishes? And that's not just a program, right? That's a whole, like, philosophy and a whole um, community. That you're
0: trying to find, Yeah, I mean the whole. I mean the the title is with open hands. You know, right. real presence, real life with open hands. Um, hospitality. You know, it, it's it's an interesting word, but it is so important. Uh, and what no matter what you word we use is it's not just to welcome the stranger among us. It's to welcome the newcomer. It's to welcome the fallen away. It's to welcome uh old friends and family Uh, you know i mean how many times have you gone to mass and seen somebody you haven't seen for a while or how many times how many families have people come home for christmas etc and they maybe haven't been to mass for a while and um those people to feel welcome rather than awkward is really really important well and it's
1: and it's with that as well but it's also like how are we being how are we showing that we're welcoming is it that we just have ushers at mass who smile and greet you because I can speak from my very introverted self this may be shocking to you that the well of ushers is my like scariest part of mass for me uh-huh. I, I cannot <laughs> like, I, so I think we have to remember that how we're welcoming is more than just than just that like greeters at the door it's it's when people sit down the do we smile and greet each other, or do we just kind of like, right. oh, this is my spot, why are you sitting in it? Right. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, and we're all creatures of habit. I, no one, like, I, I don't, that is not putting anyone down. Like, we all kind of go and sit in the same general area. That sure. We, like, we are creatures of habit, and that's normal. And I, But I think it's how do we react when somebody, like, you know, enters that, that space. And that's where we have to be, to learn to be, you know, people of hospitality and, and focus more on that and how do we do that. That's some of the workshops we're focusing on, I mean, also just like the basic ones that we, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you teach kids about the faith? Like, what are some new ideas, some new activities you can do with them? Because, you know, especially in a faith formation program, if you been at school all day, sitting at a desk and reading out of a booklet is not going to be the way that they remember mm-hmm. their faith. Or they haven't understanding of it. They've been sitting in desks all day. So how are we getting them, you know, out of that, that mode, which doesn't work for a lot of kids
0: anyway. Um, Exactly. So you're saying if somebody's uh, sitting in my usual seat at mass, I shouldn't call security.
1: You probably should not, Bob. (laughs) I would not recommend it. I would just either take a seat behind them or, you know, find a Uh, spot
0: today. We have a sort of a large family and, uh, uh, I, I can tell you, and if 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 we had a usual place to sit, uh, it'd be it'd be hard for it to ever be completely open. Do you know what I mean? It's like I said, like, oh, exactly. we need the whole row. You know,
1: right? And that's yeah, and that's so it's hard to like know you know. And if you're someone new, as someone just visiting, you know, how, how would you know? We don't label our views, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, but that's that's part of hospitality. All of those like. Little things, you know, are showing that we are welcoming and that we are accepting and that we want you here. Like, our parishes want people in the pews. Our pastors want people in the pews. I don't know how many conversations I've had recently with different pastors about how are we getting people back into the pews, like how are we getting people back. You know, COVID, it took a big hit on us. Um, And not everyone has come. And not everyone has come back. And and so how do we do that in a loving and effective way? And so I think, you know, that's an important thing to think about as we're, you know, trying to, like, plan the next liturgical season, right? We're almost to Advent. As shocking as that sounds. I mean, it's right around the corner. And the calendar keeps moving and it's closer, right? Um, so, how are we welcoming people back into our parishes this Advent? What are we doing? Um, and it's not a new program. It's not a new event. It's just how we're we living the faith
0: in that way well, that encourages people. The standard, uh, almost uh, from comedians, is uh, everybody comes back at Christmas and Easter, you know, and yeah. and or maybe shows up for the first time at Christmas and Easter, and that's that's where you that's where it's so important that they feel welcome, um, right? And unf- unfortunate, well, unfortunately or fortunately, the half the half the at least where I go to mass, half the people are standing at at Christmas or Easter because the, you know the, they overwhelm the church, and and that's where uh, it, it's sometimes hard, you know. But but maybe you see old friends and you and you. Engage with them, and you talk, and, you, yeah, and and then you say when you're when your your parting words are, "Well, see you next Sunday," you know, and and sometimes they'll go, "Yeah, we'll see you next Sunday," you know.
1: And it's really something that simple that you just don't even think about, right? Like yeah. it's, it's something so simple that can be an encouragement to somebody um, to to come back or to stay you know like once they come at easter or come at christmas or something yep. i mean i think it's, it's the little thing and that's i mean that's what we talked about a little bit at, at administrators and different workshops um we were able to have workshops and retreats and all the things that we do in our parishes we have some great vendors um this year some new some new vendors out there um i was I actually spent a lot of talking to we um always having from Laura Woods and that's a curriculum um, that's for sociology of the body for young people. Um, we also had um, my personal favorite, it's so fun, it's um Party of the Saint and it's a company that they have, like party supplies, mm-hmm. but they have saints on them, like the birthday party supplies with like different paint characters and different um, things like that. And so we had a lot of vendors that were there. Not just like the, like the normal curriculum, so like, of course you have Sabuier and um, uh, OSB and SLAM that are like a, a publisher, the big in and textbook publishers that we have, but also the, you know, the Catholic stores that to the books every year. So i things, um, maybe like you do some there. Um, just the different things in our Catholic space that you can walk around and find a new crucifix or, um, find, um, you know, find a new rosary if you need one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Father Nostino's uh, clothing oil had a booth, which I didn't know they sold stuff. I had no idea. But they sell like, um, like, beard wraps And, like, but like, smells like they have a hair oil, and it smells, it's called, the scent is Bethany, and it smells like the best incense to ever smell, like, then it's a hair oil for women and things like that. There's a lot of, like, fun vendors, and because I have added a, an event that we, you know, you see Like, I, again, I had no idea if they were that stuff.
0: I, 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 I did not either. But, so, I had no
1: idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so did the vendors find you, or do you find them?
1: Um, 50-50 probably, right? So some of the vendors, like the publishers, we know just sure. from in general, right? Um other ones yeah they just heard about that we were doing this event or maybe a friend told them about the event and and they said that's a little bit some local um you know reaching out to you know looking at the the religious congress from la arts centers about la put them, um, reaching out to some of their vendors we usually do that um and we did that again this year of course and then um just to try to get some like new new blood up here new new um new things that we can that we can share with the The people, and and especially some of our catechists, like they're just looking for something fun and new that they can give to their their students or to their family members that are maybe falling away from the church. Um, This year, instead of offering workshops, Cheryl and the other members of the tribunal staff, Father Brian was out there, Father Mark. um, We they just answer questions. They had a table during breaks, literally just answering questions about from the tribunal. Like, if you have a question about you know an annulment or the process or whatever they were just there to like answer your questions which was which was so nice because people don't you know maybe they're intimidated to call or aren't sure who they should call right so having different offices from our um diocese there also to answer questions and um, social concerns offices was there detention the ministry location office um just there that to answer questions and help and see how we can better help the,
0: the community too so how was the attendance?
1: Um, it was not as, not as high as last year, but it was a, a decent number. Um, we, you know, we kind of lost some of our momentum we had going um, with the event um, a few years ago, but I think we're, hopefully we'll start picking back up. Um, so it was, it was a decent number of people. Um, we we're always hoping for more, of course, but we was a good number.
0: Well, you know, everybody is still trying to recover in terms of numbers from COVID. There's, there's no way around
1: yeah. it. Well, yeah, there's no way around it, and I think a lot of our our faith formations are starting later, and um, a lot have a lot of parishes have moved to maybe a um, um, family-based model as opposed to a classroom model. So I think that's affecting our numbers as well, um, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't. I don't, I'm not sure that's why it is. But.
0: Yeah, even in, in a lot of our nonprofits, I know it doesn't have anything to do with Ministry Days, but a lot of our nonprofits uh, that relied on volunteers have seen their volunteers go f- so far down that they've had to hire people.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. That's happening across the board. Um, you know, and, and then we have, when we had on fire the weekend before, um, our numbers were a little lower than last year. I think we had kind of a an artificial bump in numbers last year, like the first thing they could get back to, right? But this year, our numbers were about the same, um, just a little bit less. Um, and it was just funny. Everyone is so last-minute in buying everything. Um We got two-thirds of our ticket sales for on fire the week of the event.
0: Really? Huh.
1: So if you can imagine, I was a little bit in a panic. But... Um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, but yeah, like two thirds of our ticket sales were between Monday and Thursday.
0: That's amazing. Of the
1: week of our event, um, but it was so. Again, we had left out with the weather. It was nice and cool all day in well. Sun came out in mass, right, but nothing like we weren't like blinded by the sun during mass, which is which is always a gift. Um, and it was such a great day. Almost every teen I think went to confession. Father Brandon encouraged them all to go. And the kids listened. And luckily, the priest stuck around because we have to struggle with plenty of priests that are even coming to the event, right, to so be able to hear confession. And at certain times of the day, we had five or six priests hearing confession
0: at oh, a that's time. It's amazing.
1: It's amazing. And and the band did such a great job, um, and just worked really well together. Um, Maggie, our keynote, just you know blew it out of the park for the kids talking about the Eucharist and, and Eucharistic miracles. Um, and then Father Renee from St. James and Davis, I think you might know him. Yes. Uh, he was our presider at adoration. Um, seeing Bishop Cotta again for our staff, especially the Sacramento staff, we were so excited to see him. You know, he just, he was such a joy. It was such a joy when he was in Sacramento and uh, to get to see him again was, was such a treat. And, and he, that was. It was beautiful to have him there and Bishop lord and Bishop, and Bishop at um, the Mass in the morning. Um, and it was it was a really great day. Diocese of Monterey got two or three buses. Diocese of Reno had two or three buses as well. Plus, just, you know, it was also just like the parishes. as well we're not going to take a bus. We're just going to park ourselves, right? And those Diocese. But it was nice that they were able to to the other buses as well.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to me too, because hearing about from 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 you and from others, uh, from uh, Deacon Kevin Stasco and and other people, uh, and people who went, uh, that I, I think your numbers are going to soar next year because this one was was perhaps the best.
1: That is what it, yes that I, I never like to say that out loud. Yeah. that's just a me thing. But everyone else is saying yes. The flow of the day, um, you know, we've been doing this for number of those years and. Myself and two and one other staff, aside and Kevin, have been working on it together for at least the last five years. And so we have a kind of a shorthand, which helps us really get the the day smoother and smoother. And this year was very smooth on our end for, like, just getting everything done. But the music and the speakers really, like, understood the heart of our event. Working with Joe Melendrez, who gets this, who gets what we're doing. He gets what this is a moment for evangelization. This is not a retreat, right? We're not trying to do a retreat, though. We're trying to get kids excited about this thing yeah. and what the faith could be if they just, like, allow it to be, right? Like, it's and so that's an important part of it for us is that idea of, like, these kids just got to get excited. And so I really do think so. I really think that helped us this year. And then next year, I really hope it is bigger, um, because next year, I don't know if you realize this, but next year's going to be our 15th on Faro. 15th? Yeah.
0: It's not possible.
1: I know, because I'm not that old, and I've found all of them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it is, and I'm really excited about that um, and to get to figure out what that's going to be and you know, who's going to be our, which bishop they're going to have to be the provider. So we're, I think it's going to be Sacramento's turn. So um, the the homeless. So hopefully we're going to try to invite a priest from our diocese as a homeless. Um, I think that's our plan right now. But next year, your 15th anniversary, and how exciting is that? Like that this event that started as like a dream and a thought that Deacon Kevin had before he was a deacon and before he even worked in our diocese, really, um, and it's turned into this event that is an annual thing for this, it's going to be 15 years now. So. Um, Yeah, the next year
0: it's going to be way. People say, "Well, I'm just one person. How can I change the world?" Well, that that little gem came right out of Deacon Kevin's head, and and what we have nine nine dioceses participating, something like that. Nine
1: dioceses participating, basically Fresno up in California, plus Reno. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing event, and. And we really do have representation from all of those dioceses. It's not just like lip service that we say it's sponsoring. Like we have people from each of those dioceses. We have biases and directors. Um, Some of them, you know, aren't there because there isn't that position right now. But we get, we we invite them all. They come and help. Um, We, you know, as biases and directors, like, there's nobody else who understands what your job is other than the other diocesan directors in the same like, same kind of field you are. So, like, for me, on fire is also an opportunity to, like, hang out with my friends in ministry, like the people that I am in ministry with, right? They're in different, we're all in different dioceses, but we get to see each other in this day. And, like, the teamwork that like, comes together for so that, um, you know, is great. And the, the diocesan director, David from Reno, he was so funny because it was only his second on fire as the director there. Um, but he, I asked him, can you please handle the confessional? So it's basically like crowd control and then making sure you got a priest in the confessional, right, and, and making sure the walkways are clear still. So. And he was like, it was great because I got to, like, see everybody. Like, everybody walked past me. Like, all of my parents would walk past me at least once during the day. I didn't have to go hunt them down, you know, in the park. I was there and serving in a way that is so needed, like, you need the crowd control piece. Just like if you've ever done anything at your parish with, like, a large, you know, communal purse or communal um, translation service. You need somebody who's just like, okay, wait, that guy, that person's open. Who's next, right? And, and have that, you know, him just step into that, like, we all had to take pieces on, right? And that's for him to see what, like, how vital that is. Um, and on the second time, you know, we being there uh,
0: doing some more So great. Well, well, it it's just so so good to hear all the good news and yes. about about how the our our great Catholic faith is being spread. Uh, Jennifer, always cool. a, always a joy. Um, yes, we'll look forward to our past crossing again real soon. I, I know you. <laughs> I know you now have work to do. <laughs> I do. We're
1: getting ready for on fire oh, Sorry, geez, I almost did the same thing out. We're getting ready for fired up. Our North State Fired Up is going to be on November fifth. Very good. Um, at the State Theater in Red Cross. Very good. Um, we're also working on a women's retreat, so I'll come back and talk to you about that. A women's retreat will be the day before with Mary Pablo, who's going to be our keynote at.
0: Oh, that—that'd be wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, God bless your work, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks so much. That's uh, Jennifer Campbell who. Uh, wears uh, so many hats here in the diocese of sacramento and uh, talking about ministry days and also on fire at which is it for those unfamiliar at six flags uh, in in vallejo the, the amusement park in vallejo and they have holy mass there early not early in the morning but in the morning and then uh, uh, all kinds of events uh, uh, vocations carnival and uh, keynote speakers and just some real inspirational stuff and then of course ministry days which uh uh All sorts of workshops and some wonderful keynote speakers there as well. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916- 725- 4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maron Lane in Citrus Heights, and we certainly thank Uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org.
1: This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning.
0: That's me, welcome back. Appreciate you all all being with us on this beautiful day the Lord has made, and we appreciate welcoming in Judy line. Judy, good day to you.
1: Well, good day to you, too. Bob, it's nice to talk to you.
0: It's been quite a while. It has been quite a while. Uh, some of our longtime listeners will remember you as the uh, the uh, president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And, and now you have an even new and, I don't know, greater role, wider role <laughs> um, uh, within the a society. Different, a different
1: role. Um, a d- you know, you just move into different areas. Um after being president of Sacramento Council, I spent most of the last few years working um, as a disaster representative for the western region states, which kept me very busy because we have a lot of disasters.
0: I was going to say, that's a big job.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it came to be that um, every time we get a new national president, which is every six years, we also get new national vice presidents. And so there was a committee um, looking for candidates and my name sort of came up and it took me a while to think about whether or not I wanted a new role. Um, But others kind of assured me that I could do this Um, and I believed them. So I threw my name into the hat and um, it turns out there were two other people running, and I thought, well, if there's three of us, it's only a 33% chance that I'll, I'll actually win this thing. So in, uh, in May, we had a, a Western Region meeting in San Diego. We had an election, and lo and behold, I got elected.
0: I voted for so, you.
1: Thank
0: <laughs> Absentee. I I voted absentee. <laughs>
1: That's how I got over the top. Well, <laughs> yeah. In any case, um, the Western region has, uh, well, the United States is divided into eight regions. So there were eight national vice presidents, and each one supports all of the conferences and councils in the states that they're part of. So the Western region was 10 states. So that's why it was a pretty big decision to see um, if I could support 10 states, um, but uh it came to pass, and you know, I thought this is fine. I have a great person who I am following, John Hallisey. He was the uh, VP for six
0: years. Remember John well, was, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he's right in Sacramento, so I felt like I'll always have someone to call on nearby that can help me out. So we come back from San Diego. I don't know if you want to hear this story. But oh, we I come do. Back yes, from San Diego, and. About two weeks later, we get this email from the new national vice, uh, new national president John Barry, that um, they've been looking to realign the United States with their regions, and it's been going on for a few years. And he's decided that he's going to make it happen. <laughs> so after many Zoom calls and phone calls and emails, um, the one region that was the largest, which was the West, was kind of turned into a, a, a nice region. So I now have five states.
0: Oh, which,
1: wow. Yeah, they, they they took those other five states, added a few, and made a nice region called the Mountain
0: Region. So you have, I, I'm going to guess, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii? You're
1: right. That's exactly right. And I lost Arizona, Montana, Idaho, Utah, and Nevada.
0: Oh, some <laughs> of my favorite places.
1: Well, you know, I, it's always hard. In the society, you make so many friends. You get close to people because you have a common goal, and you share the same visions about um, your your faith and helping people. And there were so many people in some of those states that I got so close to over the years, that it was um, it was difficult, and I fought it for a while, <laughs> and I prayed about it, and I I came to the realization that if it's best for the region and for the rest of the country, then we're going to go with it, and so I'm fine with it now, and I I think that in the long run know it makes a lot of sense they divided up uh, the country by diocese they didn't want any um, vice president to have too many right and 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 the West had twenty eight with ten states we still have 20 but um, so it's still one of the biggest ones but it is more evenly divided so I think I'll be able to serve the people in those um, councils and conferences a little bit better because I don't have to spread myself so thin.
0: Yeah, you didn't lose that many dioceses, although you lost a lot of territory. I, I think Idaho just has one and Nevada has two. I think Montana has two and Utah has right. one.
1: Utah doesn't even have any um, St. Vincent Paul conferences anymore. Uh, over the last year or so, it, the last one closed. So that actually is a big job because The society wants to grow, and so the new vice president will have his work cut out for him.
0: Yeah, and Utah is a state that's seeing remarkable Catholic growth.
1: Yeah, and you would think that there was just this one uh, conference at the cathedral, and I think what did in many conferences over the last years was COVID, and if our conference wasn't strong enough or big enough or didn't have you know, a variety of ages within its conference, it really suffered, and um, a lot of them didn't survive. Mm -hmm. So um, we're trying to bring back those that um, are kind of on the edge. Um, And it made sense. I mean, after all, COVID was very difficult on, on people, older people in the society has mostly older people working in it. We're trying to change that, of course.
0: Well, you know, I've heard that story over and over, though, Judy, from from all sorts of uh, from Sacramento Food Bank and all sorts of of organizations, not just Catholic organizations, but other organizations, too, that they some of them lost so many volunteers, they had to start hiring people. Um, And 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 that changed their model because, you know, they were now they were spending money they didn't didn't expect to spend on 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 labor. And it's uh, and. Some of them, the volunteers have have come back, uh, some more than others, but but pretty much down the line, not in the numbers that they used to have.
1: Well, I don't think we have that issue with having to hire people, although Mm -hmm. I think that the people that were there that weren't able to work really um, didn't come back. You're right about that. Some of them just never returned. Right. But I have a lot of... um, Hope because we went to St. Louis to our national assembly in well two weeks ago, and there were eight hundred extensions there, eight hundred members. Wow! Yeah, it was it was wonderful, and and it was I, I think a, a sign that people are ready to get back that they're they're not as afraid. I mean, people did come back with COVID, I have to say, but. Luckily, no one was very, very ill. So I think that we have that to be thankful for. But I I really was so excited to see so many people. People hadn't seen in so many years. And um, I think that people, when they think of volunteering for an organization, don't realize that St. Vincent de Paul is not primarily to help the poor. It's to grow your faith and to... Form friendships, and with those two things, then you can serve the board. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do alone.
0: So, as uh, representing the Western region, does this re- result in a lot of travel for you?
1: Actually, it will be more travel than I have had in the past because they have four board meetings every year. They have a mid-year meeting. Uh, They will have a retreat. So what month are we in? Oh, we're in September. Uh, (laughs) In October, uh, I go to Atlanta for the first board meeting. So it will be the time that the first national council, the board members, the officers will all be together in one place to discuss the future of um, the society. From the whole country. Yeah. Yeah. So he he uh, the new president John Berry is from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was um, he was a vice president himself, and prior to that, he was an executive director for the Atlanta Council. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of experience, and uh, he wanted to um, move things around a little bit. Uh, in the past, I think all board uh, meetings were in St. Louis. In St. Louis, and that's head-
0: sort of the national headquarters, right?
1: Right, that's exactly the national headquarters, yeah. and and so they would go there. But he wants to move things around. There's a there's another one in Baton Rouge, um, coming up in February, I think. So I'll get to see places I've never been to, wow. <laughs> which is good.
0: good Maybe thing. you can go to an LSU football game. That's supposed to be on everybody's bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> you football with. Paul Starkey. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Yes, I well, I didn't talk with him about it most recently because it was a tough day for the Fighting Irish. Uh,
1: well, he he had a purpose. I know that yeah. we all are looking forward to our um, Friends of the Corps walk, which uh, most of them are coming up in the next week or so. Right. And, and that's a big thing for nationally for St. Vincent de Paul, not only to raise funds but to raise awareness. Of what we do.
0: So and we have walks uh, for the poor all over the country? Yep. Wow. It actually
1: is organized by the National Council.
0: Oh, there are good. different
1: programs that the National Council sponsors, so it makes it easier on the conferences and councils throughout the, the nation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's their, um, their walk. And um, they, have a, they set up the website and they help us all through this. So, we're, um, you know, I live in Venetia. And we're a little, we're not a very big town, and we have one Catholic church, St. Dominic's, and our conference is um, ready to walk on Saturday.
0: Very good. Yeah. Very good. That's a beautiful town, though, Benicia.
1: I love it. We've been here for more than 40 years, so I'm I'm very (laughs) excited uh, that I've been blessed to be able to live in such a lovely community. Is that what Uh, people
0: in Benicia call a newcomer, 40 years?
1: (laughs) Well, actually, yeah. You, you
0: know, if if you've lived here all your life, you don't call it Benicia. You call, you call it, ben,
1: it Benicia. Benicia. <laughs> you call
0: it what? Benicia. <laughs> Benicia. Yeah. I. You know, it's it's really funny. I I, I grew up in this area, and always we knew Bene- We played Benicia in when I was in high school and when, sports, and and the one day I was speaking to the mayors' group of all the mayors of Solano County. And I made reference to Benicia, and the mayor of Benicia came up to me and says, that's not how you pronounce it. And I, and I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> and and uh, I was I was stunned. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I think more people now say Benicia than ever because, you know, those are old-timers. Those are people who were born and raised here. And, sure. And, um, there aren't too many of them around anymore, unfortunately. But um, it's still you still hear it from time to time. You do, and uh, anyway, St. Dominic's has been here for a long time, obviously over 150 years, and uh, it's a lovely church. It's the Dominicans, and
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, we have Dominicans come and go every three or six years. So in 40 years, I can't tell you how many (laughs) how many pastors we've had, dozens, and and. It's a, it's not a good thing, and it is a good thing, because I, there hasn't been one that I haven't been sad to see go, because I, I thought they were so great. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so, uh, that's great.
1: We just got a new pastor from Alaska. Oh, wow. Alaska. <laughs> but you know what? You know where he grew up? He grew up in Berkeley.
0: Oh, well, he, so he's a, he's a native.
1: So he was just so happy to come back.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> was he incarnated in Alaska? Was he what? Was it was he was he ordained in Alaska?
1: I don't think so. No, I think this was just his. First, he, he was probably ordained here in the Bay Area. Oh, I and see. He was his first assignment was an associate pastor in Alaska, and oh, okay. then something opened up and. They were moving people around, and he ended up with us, Father Andy. So we're just delighted to have wow. him. Wow, that's great. And young. I mean, so young.
0: So will I your travels know. take you to Alaska at some point?
1: Yes, yes. But actually, they're in, um, do you know in Anchorage there's um, a couple of very strong conferences there? They run um, homeless shelters and transitions, transitional homes. And they're very active. And they actually came to, there were a couple of them that came to the National Assembly Mm -hmm. uh, in in St. Louis. And I got to talk to them. And I do want to go visit them because there's opportunity to grow. I I understand that there are a lot of Catholic churches, but you know how Alaska is so big and it's hard to get around. And sometimes you just have to take a plane or a boat. So it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, but the, the ones, the conferences that, that are there are very active.
0: Yeah, my, and uh, I've, uh, I've been, been
1: to Alaska just on cruises,
0: mm-hmm. but never, never for St. Vincent DePaul. I, I, I've been told that uh, a number of the priests there are bush pilots. You know, they they fly their own plane to get to certain places. And
1: I, I, you know what? And the other thing, and I'll have to ask him, are every time there's a new National president, he appoints a new um, spiritual advisor for the National Council. Mm-hmm. And so he appointed Bishop Salisario, who is an ascension priest, and he's from Juneau.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, so we were excited to want to meet him uh, in St. Louis. Unfortunately, he got ill and he didn't make it, so we never met him there. But I'm hoping to meet him soon. So Alaska really has... Has popped
0: up a lot. Well, you know, you talk about you. you Do the the society does a lot of homeless work there. I mean, that's a uh, obviously a very tough place to be homeless.
1: Absolutely. You know, you you don't want people out when it's snowing and dark twenty hours a day. Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. Yeah.
1: There is one place that I would love to go to that I'm probably the only Californian that ever been to Hawaii. I've never oh. been to Hawaii.
0: You and, you and my wife <laughs> and my producer, <laughs> okay, uh, Gabe, exactly. is, Gabe, is now saying he's never been there either. So maybe we can get you all together.
1: Well, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that as um, the, the Maui, uh disaster starts up, you know, getting more organized with disaster case management, helping the poor people in Laha- Lahaina, um, mm-hmm. that it will give us an opportunity in maybe a year or so to go in and and recruit people to open conferences there. Because there aren't any on Maui at all.
0: Oh, is that right? And, yeah.
1: No. Yeah. And that that made it very hard on us because, you know, we can only everybody wanted to donate money but sure. there was no place to donate it to in Maui. So we gave it to our disaster services corporation which will be able to to help them through their contacts, through National VOAD, which they are a part of. And so they'll get referrals from other organizations, and they'll be able to help that way. And um, it, it's just an—it's unfortunate. We do have one conference in Oahu, mm-hmm. but it's another island. Right. Not like right. you can't drive there. And it's, a, again, another very small conference of maybe six or seven people, and um, I spoke to the the conference president, and she said she didn't have any plans at this point of going to to Maui to help, but um, if anybody came to, you know, people relocate after disasters, if anybody Mm -hmm. came to Maui, they were
0: right there up to help them. Yeah, and p- people don't realize, you know, a, a place like Hawaii, people think of, you know, any place uh, that has tourism and, and a fair amount of wealth, uh, how many people are in need. And and it's uh, it's considerable, uh, more than just d- disaster need, just uh, everyday need, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and Lahaina doesn't necessarily, well, I don't know, but I think there were a lot of more native Hawaiians there. In Lahaina, yeah, there. mm-hmm and they weren't necessarily the, uh, you know, the affluent people. They were people who really will need the help. Right. It, it, just as a coincidence, he, there's um, a member of our conference here in town who was also our treasurer for Sacramento, and when I talked to him, I never realized he grew up in that. His Catholic church was burned down. His, um, he said all of his was buried there and you know now the church is gone
0: oh wow and
1: so it was just starting to hear someone so close to home someone i've known for years i didn't even realize that that's where he was from so um, yeah you just never know where a, a disaster will
0: know and, and we've, how... we've seen you know uh, here in in our diocese uh, the, the church in weed burned the church in happy camp burned uh uh, you know, we've and, and well, in, in Paradise, uh, parts uh, you know parts of the facility uh, were damaged, and um, yeah, nothing's nothing spared. No, no, so so
1: I think those those fires, both in Weed and then in Wedding and then um, uh, in Paradise, just had our disaster case management program in Sacramento grow um, to where. Programs now going on helping people who have suffered from fires. Uh, The Paradise program is finally, after five years, completed because. Oh, is that right? I
0: I know it took it just took a long time.
1: And and I'm not about to say that everybody is made has been made whole again, but um, they work under FEMA grants and they they get extended, and after a while. they they expire. There's no more funding there. Um, but the case managers then move on to other other uh, FEMA grants and help people in in need, in greater need. The people in Paradise, a lot of them moved away.
0: Right, um, exactly. The ones that are there did rebuild, but it's, a, it's such a tough road to rebuild after a disaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the, the whole character of the town almost has been changed, you know, and... Every tree is gone, and every home is gone, and uh, yeah, and uh, the work of the society up in Paradise, I think uh, you had a headquarters in Chico, was just heroic.
1: It was, and uh, this particular year um, we saw the floods, right, from all of the rain, and there was um, a very small conference, Sacred Heart in Placida, California, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I we called conferences that are not connected to a council. We call them isolated. Mm-hmm. And so there was this little isolated conference of four people who were right in the middle of this flood in a small town, uh, unincorporated, uh, of migrant workers. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for help, and eventually got to me. And so we worked with them over the winter to get them funding, and uh, we Uh, We went down there to visit, to see what they were doing. The conference president just was, during the time of the flood, there was no communication, of course, no internet, no electricity. The the, the utilities were down. And so she was going door to door, talking to people, telling them where they needed to go. She went on Facebook uh, live to tell people, where they should be to get help and go into shelters. And she's continued to do that with the money that she has received from uh, St. Vincent Paul and through other county grants. Uh, she's helped them with building supplies to rebuild their little homes and to get new refrigerators and washer-dryers, and, and it's just four people, four women. Uh, president, Vice President, Secretary, and Treasurer that have done all of this work. Wow! And, yeah, it, it was amazing, and and they because they were migrants, they didn't particularly trust a lot of um, government organizations. Sure. Like sure. just the only people they would talk to was Alicia, wow. and um, I, so I submitted her as um, a volunteer of the year
0: for uh, oh,
1: the Services and her conference as well, and they did—they were awarded and recognized at our national assembly. Unfortunately, none of them could get there, oh. and I felt so sad. But I was able to receive it in their name, and it was—it was, um, it was shipped to, well, the awards were shipped down to them. But I, I think that their reward is all the hard work that they have done and what they've accomplished in this little town.
0: Well, maybe uh-huh. we can get some of them on the radio and uh, give them a little more recognition.
1: Oh my goodness. This woman is quite an advocate and she will go anywhere to talk. She, <laughs> she yeah, <laughs> she would be great on the radio.
0: Oh, very good. Well, we will, <laughs> we will do it. Judy It is such a joy to talk with you. Congratulations on this new position. And, uh, I hope uh, I hope you won't be a stranger to this program because we want to hear all about it, uh, especially especially when you go to, to Juneau or somewhere like that in the middle of winter. We want to hear all about it.
1: Okay. I will keep that in mind. And I'm so glad that Gabe gave me a call and, and got me on today. I, uh, I appreciate the recognition you give to St. Vincent de Paul on the Bishop's Hour, and I hope to see you at our Dinner,
0: our benefit dinner in April. I will be there. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Judy. God bless you and okay. your in your work. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, Judy Dietline in Boyer. we lucky to have a woman like that in the Diocese of Sacramento, the the new regional, Western regional uh, representative uh, for the uh, uh, Saint Vincent de Paul Society. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk with you. Mm-hmm.